Does your landscaping need an upgrade this year? Look no further than TNT Springer Landscaping. They specialize in mulch, rock, trim redesign, and much more. For your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior-exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419-770-1042. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. of Across the Field, Double B and Brady coming at you tonight, and we're joined by two special guests. Uh, one is Kenny Stabler, and the other one is Mike Four making his podcast debut. Guys, how are we doing this evening? Doing good, Brett. Doing good. Happy to have these old-timers on. I was just doing the math, man. 1986, that was a long time ago, guys. That means these guys have been out of school a long time. <laughs> Easy there, kid. <laughs> 37 years man 37 years and and brady i'll let you take it away you and i were both well mike was there as well uh we were at the uh district final game wayne trace and cold water and that's why we got these guys here tonight we're gonna we're gonna talk about the last time uh wayne trace got to the regional uh in baseball only the second time in school history but let's go ahead and start with that district final game against Coldwater, brady uh, what did, what impressed you in that game? Well, I'll tell you what impressed me was first of all that I made it there. I got I got off work early, yeah. So I was glad I was able to come. Um, but by the time I got there, it was the middle of the first inning, and it was four nothing. The game was already over. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> but besides that, I I just thought the defense was tremendous. Um, no errors. Um, Brevin obviously through a very good game and then Kyle coming in to finish it off in the seventh, but um, just really, really defense uh, by the Raiders. That was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. And Mike, uh, having a son on the team here, a junior on this team, uh, obviously you've, you've made it to a lot of games this year. So what was your biggest takeaway from the game Saturday? Yeah, I would definitely say that was the, the best defensive performance we put in on the year um we just we just looked like a lot of confidence out out in the field um but i tell you what i really saw this week was the dugout the dugout is that's the most that we have just been into the game uh the support you can tell the guys in the field just just fed off of it, and uh, 
it was it was it was great to finally see that throughout the entire game. You know, I've seen it in spurts this year, but nothing like I I, I saw at that game. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I'd agree with you. So to recap that game, um, Wayne Trace wins seven nothing over Coldwater. Scored four runs in the first, and then three again in the seventh. Um, Brevin Anderson was fantastic on the mound. Uh, went six innings, gave up five hits, no runs, obviously. One strikeout and two walks. Um, and then Kyle Four, Mike, your son, came in, finished it out uh, through the seventh inning, had one hit, no runs, and a strikeout. So I wouldn't really. Run. <laughs> we, we know you were having it. Uh, I was praying at that point. <laughs> but a solid outing altogether. So, uh, Brady, talk about how, how solid Brevin was and the defense behind him. Well, Brevin was tremendous. And, you know, one thing I will say going back real quick to what Mike said about the dugout, I wasn't there for the top of the first inning. I did catch some of it uh, on the radio on my drive across Lima. And Coldwater uh, had several errors there in the top of that first inning. And I think part of that had to do with the Raider dugout. I mean, those guys were really – active and, and, and chirping, not in a disrespectful way, but, uh, man, I, I really think that they rattled the Coldwater kids early, and then I think that kind of showed throughout the game, uh, definitely from what I saw. But uh, talking about Brevin, you know, only one strikeout, I believe, for him, but they really didn't hit him very hard. And the the coolest thing that I saw, I was, looking, I was watching some highlights online that uh, Tony Quash did, um, and they interviewed Brevin after the game, and they'd asked him a question about his pitching performance. And he said, I don't want to talk about my performance. I, I want to talk about my defense behind me. And they were fantastic. And, you know, I, I just think that as a baseball program, when you hear your young pitcher say something like that in that kind of emotional moment after winning a district that's a sign that your program is doing things the right way because you, you win games when you have great players, which is what Wayne Trace has right now. But uh, when your kids are responding and playing together um, the way that they were, I think that really showed in Brevin's interview. And that's really what I was more impressed by than anything on the field. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And then, and then Kyle coming in and giving a solid uh, seventh inning there, I thought was, was really impressive. And again, the defense right behind him. Yeah, and Kyle, you can tell Kyle's been in that role before. He's really comfortable coming in in relief and, and in those late game situations, and he was he was on on point once again. Yeah. Hey, Kenny, you were not there, right, on Saturday? I was not there, but I, I was able to tune in and listen to the Salina radio station. Ron Brunswick and those guys call the game. They do a good job, and I think they were even a little surprised as well. But yeah, the four to nothing start. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by that. I tuned in. And it was four to nothing already. So I guess I'm about when Brady showed up, just uh, coincidentally. I was a little surprised. You know, Coldwater, they're just such a such a baseball empire. I mean, Lou Brunswick for years and years just built a, a dynasty there at Coldwater. And they've always been so good. And you know how good the athletics are down there in the MAC and Mercer County. But the thing that surprised me a little bit was that they kicked it around the way they did. They had four errors in that first inning. I think they had seven for the game. That's one mm -hmm. thing that surprised me. But. Man, credit to the Raiders. I mean, to go through the gauntlet that is Eastwood and Coldwater and come out of there as district champs, man, I'm so proud of those kids. I, I'm just proud of them. Yeah. So, Kenny, you mentioned you listened in. Uh, so, I'll, I'll paint the picture for you. 
bottom of the seventh, Kyle Four comes in the game. And uh, I just got to throw this out there. Mike took off for the buff. <laughs> he had he had to get away. He couldn't watch, and uh, I couldn't find a place to hide, boys. And he, hey, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it, man. Butterflies when you when you get a dog in the fight, when you get a kid. I mean, that, that's sure. tough sometimes. That's tough. I totally get it. But I'll tell you what. When I heard Kyle Ford was coming in, I didn't bat an eye on that. I've seen Kyle in that role before, and I he's got that closer's mentality, and I <laughs> I wasn't worried one bit. I mean, being up seven to nothing's a great thing, but. <laughs> I said it, it, it's over. Kyle's coming in. They're gonna they're gonna seal the deal here, and they did. Yeah, in fact, uh, Cooper Winslow turned a double play there at the end of the game. Uh, Mike then came out because he heard the the crowd erupt, and he asked all of us what happened. So, yeah, had, Brady had to kind of walk him through that. I thought. Yeah, Mikey didn't get to see the web gem, man. It, it, was, <laughs> it was sad, really. <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, Mike, I'd like to say something to you as as a, a dad, also. Um, and, and I, you need to enjoy this, dude. You need to really enjoy your kid playing. And I know you do, but if you can, if you can just take a few deep breaths and, and really just try to really enjoy it. Um, you know, I was in some similar situations watching this guy across the table here play sports and it is nerve wracking, but Mike, uh, it's a great time in your life right now as a dad, you got to soak it up and enjoy it, buddy. You know that, uh, I, I, uh, I took off. And I'm thinking to myself, if I go to the bus, I can still see I still see the game. I always try to position myself in a spot to where I can see the scoreboard. So I can see the balls and strikes and I can still hear the fan reaction to, to how he's doing on the mound. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I've noticed uh, here lately is when Kyle comes in the game, probably the last three times that he's come in, the defense just seems to, I don't know, it's just a, they lock in. Kale Winden's made a great double play. Um, I'm not sh- I can't remember what game it was to end the game. And then you got Cooper making that great double play the other day. Uh, it's just once Kyle comes in, it's like, boys, they know, make a play for him, and this baby's over. Beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, guys, you want to dive into, uh, while we're here, dive into the, the only other regional team, uh, the 86 team? Let's do it. Sure. Brady, you go ahead. Take her away. Yeah, no, go ahead. I, um, I, I know that there was a picture floating around social media um, this weekend, a, a team picture there. Uh, I'll have Dad here. Go ahead and run through yeah. all, all the guys that were on that team so we can uh, say all their names. Okay. Here. And, Mikey, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but these are all the guys that were in our baseball program in 1986. Uh, Tony and Todd Marsh were both sophomores. Tony Manget was a sophomore. Rob Davis was a junior. Uh, Mike Four, of course, was a uh, – a sophomore, that sophomore class was really, really talented, and arguably, in my, in my opinion, and I'm I'm not just pumping you up, Mike. Mike was the most talented baseball player in that class, and that was a great class of athletes in all sports. But Mikey was really, really good, arguably our best player. Um, we also had Troy Yenser, who was a freshman. Eric Bergoon was a freshman. Don Rogers was part of that sophomore class, as was Tim Sin and Mike Spees. Paul Gerber also in that class. Steve Hall, the late great Steve Hall, part of that class. Bruce Copsey was a junior. Steve Sin was a junior. Dwayne Sin was a freshman. He was also very good. Sam Kessler was on the team. He was a junior. Aaron Hartsock was a sophomore, one of Mike's classmates. 
Bob Slade was a junior. Adam Treat was a freshman. And then there were five seniors. Uh, Brad Beck was our catcher. Um, Bob Maggot, Scott Laramore, those guys all played three years. They didn't come out as freshmen. Bill Proxmire and myself were the other two seniors that rounded it out. And Bill and I were the only two that went out as freshmen. The other guys didn't. And we didn't have a JV team when we were freshmen. And our seniors that year were Mark Cavender, Steve Boroff, and uh, Scott Hofacker, just to turn the clock back a little bit. But then not, when we were sophomores, those other three guys came out with Bill and I, and, and no one else ever out of our class came into baseball. So it was five of us as seniors and then all those other guys that I mentioned. And and uh, I'll let Mike talk a little bit about this. We had a pretty doggone good coach, too, in Larry Kressler. Very underrated coach. Great guy. Um, expected a lot. Demanded a lot. But he was a guy that you really wanted to play hard for. And, and uh, I just got a lot of respect for LP. And the cool thing about uh, Coach Kressler, and, and Mikey can say the same thing, is that we're both friends with him still to this day. I mean, we both talk to him regularly and he comes to the games now which is pretty cool as well but that was just a neat year we were 21 and 8 that year we beat Pettysville in the sectional finals we went on to the districts and Mike can probably clear this up for me I know we played Antwerp and we played Hicksville I can't remember who we played in the district finals we but, played Antwerp in the district finals okay we beat Antwerp in the district finals we beat Hicksville in the semis and I think Hick, did Hicksville win the conference that year Mike yes they did okay and then we went on to regionals and this was weird and remember now there were only three divisions then, triple A, double A, and single A. Triple A was the big schools. We were single A. And so it was pretty good accomplishment to get to the regionals and the regional finals. We played our regional semifinal game at Lima Shawnee against a very good Crestview team. And then uh, after we won that, we got to go to the Mudhen Stadium. I don't know if it was called Lucas Oil Stadium or not Lucas, Lucas Oil. Lucas County. Lucas County Stadium or right. Ned Skelton Stadium. It was called later the Mudhens played there. It was a triple A ballpark. And we got to play in the regional finals. And during that school year, our boys' basketball team won the first ever district championship. Uh, no boys' team had made it to the district title, to the regionals. All sports. In all sports. We did that in basketball. We beat Lipsick in double overtime. And Bill Proxmire was on that team. He was the only senior really on that team. And so that was history right there. But then the next season right there, the spring season that followed, we made it to the regional finals. So we advanced our baseball team in 86 at that time farther than any team ever had in Wayne Trace history in team sports. Then, of course, the next year after I, we graduated, uh, the 86-87 year, of course, Steve Hall and Chris Rossworm and all those great basketball players, Tony Marsh, um, they made it to the state final four in basketball the next year. So they kind of broke our record as far as advancing the furthest down the tournament trail. But we got beat in that game at the Mudhen Stadium to Ottawa Hills, who would eventually win the state title, I believe. Mikey can correct me if I'm wrong. And I think we lost like 9-3. to three. And they had a sophomore pitcher, if I recall. He wasn't overpowering, but he had really good junk, good off-speed stuff. And it wasn't like 9-3, to three, Mike, that they got us in the regional finals. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and, and it was funny. I've heard three different scores for that game. Uh, but I think you're correct with the 9-3. to three. But, Kenny, I think I'm actually going to have to correct you on something. Please do. The actual first regional team was the girls' volleyball. You're right. 80, I think 82. Your sister was on that My team. My sister was on that team. Yeah, That was right. the first, first team that in Wayne's race history that ever went to regionals. Okay, I should say boys' sports then. But girls, yeah. Deb Edwards was the coach, and I was a freshman in high school, and that was a great volleyball team that I think lost to Archbold, who was a perennial power. And your sister, yeah. Lisa, was on that team. And that was a 
that was a really fun team to watch play volleyball. And that was an accomplishment also because, again, we didn't have four divisions. We only had three classes. So to make it that far, I mean, it was really an accomplishment in my, in my opinion. Mike, I thought the part you were going to have to correct, Kenny, was that you were a really good ball player. <laughs> well, yeah, that uh, – <laughs> now, listen, listen, I want to tell you guys something. I'm just blowing my, my, Mike lived in a great neighborhood when we were little kids. I mean little, like grade school kids. And my cousins lived out there, and my grandma lived out there. And there were a lot of good kids out there uh, that played ball. There were great ball games, uh, sandlot type of games played out there all the time in that neighborhood. And when I would come out to visit my grandma or my cousins, I was like part of the neighborhood. And it was a lot of older guys, guys older than Mike. But Mike, he always caught my eye anyway. I know we're only two years apart, but Mike never backed down from playing with the older, bigger, tougher, stronger kids. He was a little bulldog. And I knew right then when we were little that Mike was always going to be a good ball player. And, man, he was. He was tough. He was really, really good. And he was first team all league. I mean, we didn't have any seniors. I think Brad Beck got honorable mention all-conference. He's the only senior. I think Rob Davis, who was our pitcher, played a little shortstop and was our pitcher. I think he and Mikey both got first team all conference. And Mike, you can step in and correct me again if I'm wrong on my memory. Uh yes. Um I think it was I I thought Dwayne may have gotten some recognition also. He might have. It wasn't listed here, but Dwayne Sim was a freshman and he was also very good. And he he had a good career. I think he ended up right up there in, in one of the top career categories all time and like i want to say rbis or i don't want to say hits i, I made rbis he was there for a while in doubles i think Dwayne and i still have it for yep. for hits but i don't think that's going to last much longer with this group. yeah yeah this group is this group is really really good i had somebody asking me the other day hey what about your 86 team and this team and i don't want to make anybody on our team mad mike but i you tell me you've got a kid and a nephew which is also super cool for you um, I don't know what your thoughts are on this year's edition of the Raiders versus our edition of the Raiders. You know, uh, I was talking to Brett earlier about this, um, going position by position. Now, um, being that, you know, and I even helped coach these guys until up till last year. Right. Um, defensively, I think all around, we may have been a little bit better defensively. Uh, but there are there are a couple spots that I think that they are this, this team is better. But offensively and pitch depth, yeah, I, I I definitely think they got us there. I wouldn't argue with that at all. These guys can really rake. They they're 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 a good offensive ball club. They make things happen, and I agree with you, especially on the pitching depth. You know we and you know I was joking with uh, uh, Coach Jerome about. Uh, Bill and Brad chimed in on a, uh, a text that we had going, and Coach Jerome asked if we would be willing to uh, to scrimmage, <laughs> and you know, so we, you know, some friendly badgering going on back and forth. But I told him, I said, now we never had ninety on the mound. I said, but we had a guy that threw a knuckleball that I swear that that thing would stop in midair and take a 90-degree turn and maybe do a couple loops. And that's something these boys have never seen. <laughs> Agreed. Rob Davis. He was, I tell you, Robbie, when that knuckleball was on, I mean, it's Tim Wakefield-like. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But th this year, 
this year has been really fun to see these guys. I've, I've had the opportunity to catch them a handful of times. I got the privilege tomorrow to call the game on the radio. I'm really excited about that. And uh, Mike, I'm really excited for you because you've got skin in the game with your son and your nephew. And you know, all these, all these kids are like your kids. Cause like you say, you've been, you've helped coach them as well. Oh, I've, I've watched them grow up uh, and become great. Not only just, you know, great ball players, but just good kids. Yep. Um, they, they get along so well. Uh, you know, obviously they have times that uh, they act like brothers. Which uh, you know, that's what that's going to happen. That's that's part of being in a team sport. Hey, can I throw something fun out here about '86? Just going back a little bit, you yeah. know, um, I, LP. I, I had him in the classroom uh, <laughs> as a freshman. He, he just he's just a down to earth guy. Still is. Oh, I mean, he he just gets right to the point of things, and uh, you know, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. That's one of the things I always liked about him. But remember, I don't know how often this happens anymore where your coach drives the team bus also, you know, we get a little squirrely and ornery and, you know, raising a lot of cane on the bus before the game. And then, uh, man, he, he could deal out a, a, a tail chewing like no one else post game, but usually by the end, of, but even on, on the worst day, when we get a good chewing from LP after the game, and it would be pretty quiet on that bus on the way home. When we pulled into Havlin back to school, I can still see it to this day, him parking that bus standing up, taking his ball cap off, running his hands through his hair, rubbing his face. And today, tomorrow's another day, fellas. You know, I mean, he, he wasn't, wasn't those great times. Weren't those great times, Mike? Oh, God, it was it was great. Um, and what, what was even the better times is when we had to sit in the uh, uh, opposing team's parking lot for probably an extra 20 minutes because <laughs> he was still boiling on something we probably did stupid to oh, yeah. uh lose the game and he did not want to get on that bus we, we drove him crazy and i remember the three things if there was a gospel of larry pressler number one you don't miss a sign number two you don't miss a suicide bunt or any bunt and number three and most importantly you do not go down looking on strikes right oh boy oh boy i and i uh especially uh young in the career <laughs> he you know pressler LP, he didn't care who you was, how good you was. If you started, if you was the guy at the end of the bench, he treated you all the same. He did. And uh, it was just one of those those things that – and he taught you early. I mean, as you know, as a freshman, I was, I was lucky enough to start as a freshman in center field. He let me know exactly where I stood, and he wasn't a big fan of starting freshmen. So if he thought that I wasn't hustling, whoo, boy, he'd let you know in a heartbeat. Sure. So, so Mike, you, you know, Dad talked a little bit about that 1986 team. So you're a sophomore on that team, and like you mentioned, you started as a freshman, but you're still an underclassman on that team. And, and, and this group of seniors in 86 with, with Dad and Brad Beck and Bill Proxmire, you know, th those guys are a bunch of clowns, man. How did you put up with those guys? Or, or what, what, are, what are your favorite memories from that 1986 season? I tell you what, I, I love those seniors. Um, you know, was, when we, uh, you know, we lost that, that game at Lucas County. And it was, it was sad for, oh, I don't know probably first 15 minutes of this drive home. And if I remember right, Kenny, your graduation party was that night. 
It was. I mean, my parents were back here getting ready for a, a big party, and it was kind of a party for us in a way, wasn't it? That's kind of how it turned out. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, with like I said, with that senior class, uh, we was able to uh, forget about that uh, loss, at least for a little bit. And uh, we, we ended up having a good time that night. For sure. <laughs> Graduation <laughs> parties were assembled a little different back in. Yeah, yeah a lot different. <laughs> I, I, I got another question for both you guys. Um, and I'll, I'll, Mikey, I'll let you go first. Um, you know, you, you guys tell all the stories about LP. Um, and, and, Mike, you've gotten to coach with Ryan, you know, and now watching him coach your son uh, from behind the fence. Um, what are some similarities in your mind between Coach Pressler and Coach Jerome, other than obviously they both love the game of baseball and they both love Wayne Chase? Uh, the one big thing that I see that are similar with them is – Pressler, LP, he wouldn't, he, you know, when it comes to small ball, we did it once in a while, but uh, LP, he really liked to see us hit our way out of situations. You know, let, let's, let's not go for the one run. Let's go. If we got the opportunity, you know, let's, let's put a crooked number up there. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot in, in Rhino. Um, same thing. Now, I think Ryan probably coached Jerome plays a, a little bit more small ball than what uh, Pressler did, uh, even though we can go back to that Ottawa Hills game, hoping, wishing that Pressler would have played some small ball, especially in that first inning. But, uh, you know, I, I, I see that um, a lot out of the two that, you know, let, let, your, let your talent shine. You know, right. throw the boys out there and let them play, and you know, let's let's see the boys win this game. What about you? Um, two things come to mind, I guess, when comparing both of them. I I think they both are great for kids. I think, as Mike said earlier about LP, as far as treating treating everybody the same from the star on down to the guy who's helping drag the equipment off the bus treated everybody the same, treated everybody with respect. And I think Ryan does that same thing. And I'll tell you, on the competitive side, neither one of them like to lose. Uh, oh, both of them worked the umpires a little bit. I mean, LP was, was a master at that, but the umpires all had respect for him. And I think as Ryan has come along, I think this is the seventh year, I think he's gaining more and more respect as time goes by. So they're uh, both similar in the way they, they're, they're tacticians, they're competitors, they got a little bit of fire. Uh, those are the similarities I see. The fire, most definitely. Yeah, Mike. And and then a question just for you here. Um, you know, Ryan started this is now his seventh year, I believe. And, and you were there with him coaching in the beginning. And that, that there were some hard times in there, man. I, I mean, that, that we took some lumps right away. What, what do you see, you know, the biggest difference in Coach Jerome and, and his staff? You know, how – how have they grown in the past seven years? Talk about that a little bit. Oh, just the big thing, uh, I, the, the behavior with, with the kids. You know, as a young coach, you come in and, uh, and you know, and I used to talk to Ryan and uh, when Corbin come over that uh, there's, there's knowing the game, which, you know, our coaching staff, some of the numbers and stuff that they throw at me, 
you know, they give me this piece of paper with all this information. And I'm like, well, I don't know what half this even stands for. But the knowledge that they have, but, you know, they, they have grown to learn how to coach kids. And, you know, being, you can know all you want about the game. I, I've, I've known a lot of guys that, uh, that know more than I ever thought about knowing about this game that have not been successful at coaching just because they, they, they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to, to pass things on teaching. And that's where I think this, this coaching staff has just come along so well to from, you know, from day one to now on how they communicate with the kids and how they translate things through the kids. And, you know, as a coach, and I've always told them that uh, never stop learning. Never stop learning. I did it for 20-plus years. Just, you know, you, you could watch. It could be a drill that you see another team do in the field, and you see that, and it's like, wow, that's a great drill. Yeah. yeah. You, you want to watch the drills that the Red Sox are doing, though, not, not the Yankees, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, as much as I hate the Red Sox, I, I'm going to have to believe you because that that Yankees organization, whoo, don't get me started. <laughs> hey, Mike, can I throw something else out at you that I that I want to I, I want your thoughts on this? I don't want to say I'm envious, but I'm a little envious with what the kids have today compared to when we were their age. The junior high program that they have now, wouldn't you have killed to have junior high baseball when we were kids? I know you ran track. Man, I wasn't running. You could you could time me with a calendar running. I wasn't ever going to run track, but I would have loved it if we'd had junior high baseball. And I think that's one of the reasons that this baseball program is clicking also because of, you know, all the way down from from the Rhine, you know, at the top, all the way down to the to the lower levels. They got some good things going here uh, with the lower level baseball. Would you agree with that? Yes, most definitely. And I think Ryan does a very good job, you know, and I got to give uh, John Asher a shout out yes, for, absolutely. you know, running that program, not having a dog in the fight. Um, and, you know, he took some lumps and it, it would just be so easy just to walk away. But he has done such a great job. Um, and, and him and Ryan talk all the time and John is full of questions and, and he, he'll come up and, you know, ask any of the coaching staff. And that that's huge. I mean, that junior high program is, is huge for our progress. I think so too. Brett, you got anything else you want to ask him about uh, the, the old days before we get into this I, week's I'm, game? I'm kind of running out. So if you got some, go ahead. No, I, I, I don't think so. I, I wanted to ask him, you know, what one game, 1986 team versus the 2023 team, but it, it, it sounds like they're going 23, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't give that up so quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, telling you, I, I would put that knuckleball. Woo, I tell you, boys, that is tough to hit. And, <laughs> and, like, and Kyle and I was talking about this. We went position to position uh, on the defense. And, you know, there was there was a guy on our team, which everybody knows, uh, and I, I'm sure you remember this, Steve Hall out in right field. The guy had an absolute cannon for an arm. He made a throw up there at Lucas County. And and I remember that uh, Lucas County, this is this is back when the stadiums were stadiums. It was 401 dead center. 
And Steve made a throw from the outfield to second base, cut a guy off. And, I mean, it was an absolute laser. But, uh, you know, defensively, I, I tell you what, you better hit the ball against us back in 86 because if you didn't, we was, we was getting you out. I've seen you two swing bats. You guys aren't hitting Cooper. You guys aren't hitting 89. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what. <laughs> I, I, I've gotten the cage a couple times. I don't know if I can hit 89. Give, I, give me a week. I'm hitting 89. <laughs> I don't want to see you get in the cage anymore, man. I don't want to see you get hurt. Well, that's the thing. It hurts a little bit afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I do have one more question for you. All right. Don't make uh, it tough. No, it's not going to be tough. It's just you've had four boys go through this baseball program at one time or another. Um, and obviously, you know, we talked about you made it to the regional as a sophomore. How special is it for Kyle, your youngest, and not only Kyle, but Kenny mentioned your nephew Tyler and, and your nephew Connor, and then all these boys you've coached, how special is it for this group just to, to be where they're at and, and continue this run here, hopefully? You know, it uh, when I was still coaching, and it still goes on, you know, I, I remind the boys all the time, you know, they after each victory, I'm like, hey, boys, you still got a ways to go. Still got to, You still got some games to win before I can I can confess that you're the best. But, uh, you know, to have my son involved in it, it is it, – it's phenomenal. It uh, – something that with uh, the other four, if things would have came together, you know, with the other three, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, like Drew had the COVID, uh, you know, uh, with Brock, that – that 13 team was, whoo, I tell you what, when I had them in uh, Pony League, there wasn't many games we lost. If uh, I could, I, I'll guarantee I could count it on one hand that I, that uh, we lost with that team. And, you know, with Cameron, he was, he was a freak when it come to uh, athletics and playing this game. But, uh, and I told Kyle, I said, you got a little bit of all of them. And uh, it, it, but one thing with Kyle, He's a bulldog. He uh, he just it's it's awesome, absolutely awesome. Why'd you have to ask me that, Brett? You know that's going to tug at my heartstrings. I'm sorry, <laughs> you jerk. But uh, it's 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 puts a smile on my face. You know the thing is, when I was playing back in '86. Did I lose any sleep? Maybe the night before. I'm telling you already, this week, I haven't slept a wink. <laughs> Especially knowing that there's a possibility, if things go our way, that this regional final could be a repeat of 86. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would be awesome with Ottawa Hills being in the other regional semi. I mean, that, that would really be something. Tell you what, the boys would help me pull a thorn out of my tail that's been sticking there for 37 years. <laughs> All right, well, let's go, go ahead, Brady. Uh, let's go ahead and preview uh, this matchup coming up tomorrow. Yeah, man, we got to get we got to get Mikey focused back in here. We, we got to talk about the game tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. There we go. <laughs> so, 
So, Dad, go ahead. I know Dad's been doing a lot of research with him and uh, Sean Gerber doing the game tomorrow on 99.7. Go ahead and tell all the listeners what you know uh, about Edison. Give a little preview. Uh, The Edison Chargers, ranked number six, 22 and four. Wayne Trace is 22 and five, ranked number 13. Um, This Edison team, very, very solid uh, out of the Sandusky Bay Conference. That's a huge conference, three separate divisions. They have won 19 of their last 20, the Chargers have, after a 3-3 three and three start. But they're human, just like Coldwater, just like Eastwood. A lot of people didn't think the Raiders could beat them. But this Charger team, pretty well coached. Sean Hoover's been there 22 years, and they played in the state finals last year in D3. They lost to uh, Waynedale, Apple Creek Waynedale, I believe, in by one run. I don't know if it was eight innings or seven innings, but they lost. And they're hungry to get back there, but uh, – they got to get through Wayne Trace first tomorrow, and we know how well the Raiders are playing. Um, one thing about Edison, uh, they're going to throw their senior tomorrow, a guy named Ben Bates. He's 9-1 and one with a 115 ERA, 61 innings pitched. He's walked 27 and struck out 94. Very solid guy. They'll DH for him. He's not much at the, at the dish. Well, he's only been up six times, but he's got two hits. But uh, one guy worth mentioning is a freshman that does some pitching for them. He's their starting center fielder tomorrow. His name is Bryson Whitmer, and he's already getting interest, if if not committed, to Louisville, D1. He is the number three ranked freshman in in Ohio. Freshman baseball player in Ohio, ranked number three in the state and number 99 in the country. And Louisville's already got their hooks in him. So watch out for him. A 292 hitter, but he must, you know. Uh, the numbers don't jump off the page. 12 stolen bases, 17 RBIs. You know, it's not all world, but everything we hear is that he's a real good ball player. And uh, they got a, a, a veteran infield, three seniors and a junior. And this pitcher, Ben Bates, a 9-1, and one, uh, he's kind of their answer to Cooper Wensling for the Raiders. Um, it'll, it'll be a challenge tomorrow, but I, I think it's a coin toss type of game. When I look at the numbers, look at the results, um, that's just kind of it in a nutshell right there. Mikey, what's the keys? Key, defense. Yep. Uh, you know, you always have – you got in my eyes, you always have three keys. Defense, pitching, and key hitting in situations. Uh, you don't expect this – you know, for us to walk out of that uh, that district final game seven to nothing – that, who would ever, you know, who would ever guess that? Right. Uh, I think our, if our defense continues to play the way they've shown during this tournament run, tell you what, I, I just, I, we're going, we're going to be tough to beat. They're, they're going to have to beat us. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree with that. You know, one thing I think is so important in these tournament games. And I, I've gotten to do some base, some regional games with dad on the radio the past couple of years covering Lincoln view and Antwerp. And, and it's, it's really what the Raiders did on Saturday afternoon. in, in that cold water game is putting together great at bats early in the ball game and getting base runners just to make the opposing pitcher and the opposing defense feel you a little bit and, and put a little bit of pressure on them, especially early in the game is a huge key. And I think when you look at Wayne Trace's lineup with the guys that they're going to put up there, you know, obviously at the top, you got guys like Tucker Antoine and Brevin Anderson, Kale Winans, Cooper Wins. Like all, those guys are always going to be good for great at bats. But then even the guys at the bottom, like Tyler Head, um, 
Crosby, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm missing some of the other guys, but I, a one through nine, everybody for Wayne Trace capable of putting together really, really good at bats. You know, uh, and I've said this to multiple people that, you know, I've watched every game this year. We still have not put together seven solid innings. We have not seen what we can do at at a high level, what we're capable of for seven innings. And I, I just got a feeling that we're, we're going to see that soon. And I think it's going to be at the right time. I, I, I have all the confidence in the world in this group of boys. Yeah. You, you know, I, I, I'll mention this and all three of you guys can kind of chime in. You know, Cooper Wenslick, um, that – He'll he'll get the start tomorrow. The ace for the Raiders, a tremendous year. The, the numbers are incredible. But you know, I've been watching Cooper play baseball and umpiring his game since he was in little league. And the thing that's always jumped off the or you know really stood out to me about Cooper, he's not scared of anybody. And no matter who he's playing, he feels like there's nobody out there that can hit him. And I, I think that's one of his best attributes, just the competitor that he is. For the age of these guys on the Wayne Trace team, that junior class is so special. I mean, they've played in so many big games already. But from a confidence standpoint, you can just see that going through the roof. And I wanted to mention somebody else for the Raiders. And I know you guys have at different times. But Tucker, Antoine, you know, he's not only a table setter at the top of the order and leads the team in steals. And, you know, he could literally, from what I've been told, can play about anywhere. But he's so valuable behind the plate. Boy, how big was that on Saturday against Coldwater? He picked a couple of guys off. One of them was really timely uh, in, in the semifinals, I should say. Uh, he he picked, picked, a guy, picked two guys off in the semis, and uh, one, one of them was a potential game-tying run at that point. That was against Eastwood. But uh, uh, just all of them, you go right down the line. It's just a really solid group for Wayne Trace, and, and they're not done because, I mean, mixed in with, you know, you got the, the seniors out there and Tyler Davis and, and Evan Crosby and Kyle Slade, uh, you you got a, a good mix of youth out there, experienced youth too. It, it's a it's a great group. Yeah, to uh, you know, to touch on Tucker, it's you know, there's been many times that he makes uh, he makes me cringe at some of these throws he that he, <laughs> that he especially with two outs, he'll yeah. he'll let it lose, but. Uh, it's on the average, I tell you what, he, you know, and you don't want your catcher to play scared. You, you, you want him to have that freedom and coach Jerome has given him that freedom to, uh, and, and trust to, cause I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, obviously I don't catch all the signs, especially when, uh, when the coaches are in the dugout, but, uh, he'll sign it once in a while. But I think most of the time Tuck does it on his own. He, he just lets it loose. And for Tucker to have the confidence and the guys that he's throwing to, to you know, not scored into center field, right field, left field, uh, that, that's huge. And, you know, that circumstance uh, the other night when he picked that guy off at second, that, that was just – I tell you what, right then when he did that, the, the wind in the sails was gone. Mike, is there anybody on this Raider team that you look at as like maybe an X factor, somebody that could really come up big tomorrow in a big situation? I know you got confidence in all of them as as being, you know, as coaching these guys, but is there anybody that, that maybe doesn't get talked about enough or somebody you could see really stepping up in a clutch situation tomorrow? Uh, 
I think it's really, I think it's the entire bottom half of our lineup. Yep. Early in the year, Tyler Davis, I tell you what, you couldn't get that guy out. He, he was on a streak like, like no other. Um, he gets that back. Um, you know, Tyler uh, Head, you know, he's not scared for being a sophomore and, you know, just thrown in the starting position this year. He's not scared. And if we get, uh, if we can get Beanie and Mike Kyle to back each other up um, in the lineup like they did this summer, those two back-to-back this summer was, was unstoppable. I mean, they just – it was clutch hit after clutch hit. They're, they were yelling at each other about who was getting the RBIs and and big hits, extra base hits. Um, but, you know, it's – to go back to that, uh, that cold water game, we didn't make real solid contact, but maybe two, maybe three times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a team like Coldwater, like you said at the beginning, Kenny, has just been a perennial powerhouse, and we've seen it all the way back to our days. Yep. Um, that you didn't expect mistakes. But what we did is you didn't see a whole lot of strikeouts from us. We put the ball in play, put the pressure on the defense, make, you know, make them make the plays. And, you know, if that happens early and a big key, if our dugout stays the way it was the other day, I, I, it's, it's, it rattles you. It, it has an yeah. opposing team. It rattles you. Yeah, it sounds like the dudes in the dugout were really engaged. And, and, and you know, a uh, team in the field, uh, you know, off, or when you're out there, when your team is out there, you, you feed off that positive energy. And you can really rattle the opposition, I think, with that. And, the, you know, that, that poor second baseman, you know, I, I felt horrible <laughs> for him, but it, it's just one of those situations where, you know, you can't, it, you make that first error and that you just, at that point, you can't hide from the ball. The ball right. just finds you. And it it's just you. like, son of a gun. Well, what do you think, Brett? You got a good feeling tomorrow for the Raiders? I got, I got a great feeling. And, and here's what I'll say, guys. Just coach all these guys, you know, football, basketball, whatever it was. Uh, when they were younger and not that these three seniors, when I coached them didn't have confidence, but I feel like this junior class uh, brought a lot of that swagger and maybe a little bit of that cockiness about them um, in a good way. And it, and it's kind of rubbed off on these seniors who were just her, who are the ultimate leaders. And it's just been a great mixture to watch, I guess, in my opinion. You know, I, I always, when I had these kids, you know, I always told them, toe the line between confident and cocky. Sure. And I said, and I want your toes on that line. And I always told them, I said, if anybody, and I told every player this, if anybody comes up to you and asks you who the best player is on the field, you better say me. Because I want you to have that kind of confidence in yourself that – that you think that you're the best player on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's widespread on this team. Awesome. It is. Uh, that, that's awesome. Get, guys, did we leave anything, anything out? Uh, Dad or Mike, is there anything else you guys want to say? So nobody's going to mention 
<laughs> the, the, the leadoff hit at Toledo to lead the game off, and we never scored. We had the opportunity to, and, oh, I felt, and I think LP thinks about this at least once a week. I think he will to the day he, he gets put under the dirt about uh, possibly getting that first run on the board, and it could have been a different ball game. Yeah. Were you swinging for that sign out there in left field where if you hit it, you want a free fur coat? I tell you what, I remember, and <laughs> it, it, it might have been the hardest ball I've ever hit in my life <laughs> that I hit the base of that 401. And I, I literally, when I hit it, I, I was I was running for home. And obviously that was about 80 pounds ago when I used to be able to run. <laughs> but uh, when I got held up at third, I was not happy. Yeah. But, you know, lead the game off. No outs. There I stood at third. I thought, this is guaranteed. We're going to score. We're going to get the momentum. And son of a gun, it didn't happen. Hey, were you really busting it out of the box, though? Or were were you watching it fly in the center field? Do you have a bat flip? Were you kind of Cadillacing around first? Could you have scored? And you guys might have to edit this, but hell no, I wasn't. I had lower (laughs) pressure. (laughs) That stuff did not happen on our team. I remember remember we joked in pregame warmups about that sign out there. If you hit that, you get a free fur coat that 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 was going to be the end end for us because we're all going to be swinging for it. And the Ottawa Hills kids, the rich kids, their moms already all had fur coats. In fact, they were probably sitting in the stands with fur coats that day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's what we always talked about. All those kids showing up in limousines. And here we are in the damn old bus. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, like we talked about earlier, Kenny, what great memories. That that, that team was, and you, you seniors especially, made that just awesome. I mean, just enjoyed the hell out of you guys. Likewise. It was great being your teammate. And, um, I mean, we've, we've, we've seen each other. We've been around each other forever since we were kids. And those are just things you you never forget the times like that. I always told my kids in sports, you know, it's not – it's not going to be all the game stuff that you remember. It's going to be that other stuff, you know, like the bus rides and like the fun we had and, and practices. And, you know, if we did team meals, things like that, you know, would you agree with that? Oh, most definitely. And here, here you go, boys. You got me started. We're sitting in the back of the bus and Rob Davis has, you know, back then boys, we had actual radios <laughs> that needed batteries. And Rob Davis has Eddie Murphy and Bill Cosby on. <laughs> and he, obviously you guys know, especially Eddie Murphy, the language that uh, Eddie Murphy says. And, and we just, it, I think there was a couple times LP turned around and wasn't quite appreciative, but. Uh, he might've been just focusing on the road though, man, the windshield. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We did get away with a little bit because he was buying the wheel. <laughs> oh, man. You guys got anything else before we jump off here? Uh, I'm just excited tomorrow. I'm, I'm really, really pulling for the Raiders, obviously. Uh, you know, you go, you, you get a team to the regionals, you can be more of a homer. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a thrill for me to cover that game tomorrow. We're, uh, you know, we've gone back and forth on the start time, 2 o'clock, yeah. 5 o'clock. It is definitely 2 o'clock. And some, I guess part of that was Ottawa Hills has their commencement tomorrow, and they were trying to 
flipped the game times and everybody had to agree to that. And from what I understand, one of the schools didn't want to agree to that. So we're back to the original time. It's a two o'clock first pitch tomorrow, Thursday. I know we're recording here on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll be on with our pregame show, Sean and I, around 1.40 tomorrow. And just really looking forward to that. PH is a beautiful facility. Um, they do a good job of hosting. And uh, I'm ready for some baseball. Mikey, you got anything? You know, it, uh, to, to know Kenny's announcing it, back in the day, uh, Mr. Sebring, he would, yeah. and Mark, he would sit literally right at the fence. And you could just, car. Yeah, you, you could hear him. And it was awesome to sit and listen to him call games. And I know, Kenny, I said, you know, you looked up to that guy. And uh, it's it's just going to be great to have you announce that game. And, uh, that It's going to be awesome to have you, you know, the, the voice of the Raiders and uh, the voice of Northwest Ohio, the legendary – Kenny Stabler announcing that game. Thank you. It's a privilege for me, Mikey. I, I appreciate that a lot. I suck at that, Mike. I don't. Easy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know, Brady, where are you, you going to – are you going to be able to be able to uh, get to the game? I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm still going to be at work. Uh, you know, since, since I'm in my last clinical, I, I don't quite have that power to where I can take days off yet. I, if I was working, if I was working a real job, I, I would I would take tomorrow off and be there. But uh, still in my clinical, I can't quite do that yet. But I'll be following as closely as I possibly can. So you, you, said, you said that last time. Then I saw you walking up the driveway and I was really surprised to see you. <laughs> well, that was in Elida, and I was on the other side of Lima. I I, I don't know Lima, but the PA's a little bit further for me. You were probably hoping for that five o'clock first pitch. Tonight. I was, I was, but I, 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 that's all right. I was too. As, as long as the Raiders win, I don't care, man. Yep. Well, hey, thanks guys for jumping on with us. Like we said, two o'clock tomorrow uh, against Edison um, over at Patrick Henry should be a great one. Uh, thanks again, guys, for jumping on with us this evening. Thank you. And uh, Mike, remember, as a dad, soak this stuff up, man. I'm telling you, soak it up. Oh, I'm, I'm like a sponge with it. You know, I, I told him, I said, uh, no matter what, I said that uh, last names on both these trophies. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, Mikey. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. Yep. Thanks a lot, Kenny. Thanks, Brett. Yep. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior-exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419-770-1042. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. Does your landscaping need an upgrade this year? Look no further than TNT Springer Landscaping. They specialize in mulch, rock, trim redesign, and much more. For your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. Well, Brady, that was pretty fun having uh, your dad, Mike Ford, join us. Uh, a couple guys on that uh, 86 team 
Uh, that was the only other regional team. That was that was really fun. I, I really think our listeners are going to enjoy that one. Yeah, yeah, that that, that was pretty cool. Um, glad those guys were able to come on. And, uh, you know, Brett, for, for me and you, you know, we're guys that went to Wayne Trace and, and then we're – I mean, you're sticking around here still in the area and you've coached at Wayne Trace and I'm finishing up my schooling, but I'm going to stick around here. It's really cool. It's like sports just keep on giving back, you know. Uh, just time and time again, we see it, and we'll see it again tomorrow. Mike obviously has his son and nephews playing in that game, and dad's going to be there to call the game. I mean, it, it's just really special. For sure, for sure. Can't wait. I'm going to be tuned into those guys. Um, hey, I saw your uh, your Facebook post about yeah. how people can tune in on their phone or or, or an app to download. What, what's yeah. the best way to go about doing that? The best one, I think, some people will say the TuneIn Radio app. Um, I prefer an app called Simple Radio. Um, it, it, that's the name of the app. It's got a blue icon with, with like a radio on it uh, and kind of a kind of a smiley face almost on the icon. And then you can just get on there and search Classic Hits 99.7. And it'll come up, and, and you can stream it right there on your phone. And I, it's worked great for me. Um, it's never dropped. N- now that I'm telling people about it, it it'll probably <laughs> drop tomorrow. But uh, no, uh, obviously nothing better uh, th- than a radio. You know, if, if you're in Paulding County, Van Wert County, in that area, and you have access to a radio, um, that's that's your most solid thing. But also, uh, that simple radio app is the best I've found for online. Also, if you're working a desk job at a computer or something, uh, you can stream it online through the vwindependent.com. So um, I, I know there's going to be a ton of people listening tomorrow. And I'm really just excited for, for the kids because this is a group of guys at Wayne Trace. I mean, baseball is their primary sport. And rarely, I mean, I, in my lifetime, we've never really had that at Wayne Trace. It's normally, yeah. you know kids primary sports basketball or like you know in 13 14 in that range you know uh, those guys love football um it's just really neat for these kids and i'm glad that they're gonna that they're able to play on this stage i agree i agree and i'm gonna be tuned in uh i've used that tune in app yeah it works okay but i have dropped it a couple times so yeah yeah um i'm not saying that's not a bad option but i'm definitely gonna check out that uh the simply one there so yeah the the other thing i will say about their broadcast tomorrow uh and i, I did put this in my facebook post but uh sean gerber uh mr gerber's doing the color with my dad and, and he coached a lot of these kids sure um you know tucker antoine and cooper ones like and all those guys uh playing for laddie and little league he coached a lot of those guys and he's had them all in the classroom and, and he he's a wayne trace grad as well um, so I, I just think there's going to be some really good banter there. It'll, it'll be a good pregame show and, and just, it, I, I think they'll have a really good broadcast. I agree. I agree. All right. I think that does it for the baseball, unless you yeah. got anything else to add. Um, I will say this, everybody listening, please. I know. So here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Our numbers are predicated on if you listen to the entire episode and some people don't like to listen to the full episode, uh, especially when we cover the high school stuff at the beginning. Some people don't get into the NBA. We're going to talk about that tonight anyway, just a little bit. Uh, but it's at the end of the episode. So what I am going to ask everybody is if you don't want to listen to it, just fast forward to the end. Hit that 15-second or 30-second skip button 
at least get us to the end so we can keep accurate numbers on how many listeners we got. Yeah. That's the only thing I ask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but hey, yeah. Even if you don't like the NBA, but you like to hear me in pain, almost crying, that, that, that'll that be coming up here in about that. So. Oh, shoot. Oh, so we've been off for a week. Hey, I did want to ask you how your uh, Memorial Day weekend went. It was awesome. It, it was so busy, but, like, the weather was tremendous. Um, Saturday, I went to Clear Lake uh, with one of my buddies from college and his family. Uh, me and Kristen went up there Saturday and Sunday. It was awesome. And then uh, we got some family time in Sunday night with uh, Kristen's family. And then Monday, uh, I, I, I was over in your hood, actually, uh, at my grandma's, just a couple doors down and hanging out around the pool. Uh, it, it was a fantastic weekend, other than yeah. Zelda. Uh, how, how about you? <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Friday night, didn't do a whole lot. Uh, went to the game Saturday. Um, had graduation party Saturday, Peyton's little sister, uh, Caitlin, her birthday party, or birthday party, her graduation party That's was right. Saturday. Um, uh, spent some time over there and then, uh, yeah, Saturday night, just kind of hung out and, uh, celebrated the Raider win. Um, and yeah, then Sunday was just Sunday, Monday, both were just kind of chill days, man. Just getting everything out of the way and, and relaxing and, um, taking that extra day to remember why we have an extra day off. So exactly, exactly. I I do have to ask you. Um, at, at Katie's party, uh, how was how was the food, man? How was the Iron the, Horse? The food was fantastic, and I don't know that they went fully Iron Horse. Tell you the truth, I thought oh, that yeah. was, I thought the sides were. I'd have to I'd have to ask again, but. There was pulled pork for sure, and I'm not sure where it came from, but it was fantastic. And then they had wings from uh, Corey Gieske and and um, shoot Jeff Price. I'm yeah. blanking on his name there for a second. Uh, had their wings; those were fantastic as always. And uh, and then the sides, like I said, I think those were from Iron Horse, but I'm not real sure. But the you know the mac and cheese and the the cheesy taters uh all good all good veggies some chips so it was fantastic and then of course the desserts I had to get me a couple cupcakes and right cookies, so right yeah yeah it was all good I told you I was saving up for that <laughs> right right yeah I had to make sure you were taken care of man but it, <laughs> it sounds like you were in good hands so well, oh, well done well done to Bill and Rachel oh yeah and then the, I got some leftovers sent home with me so there you go got some pulled pork for the road <laughs> so i've been snacking on that the last couple of days but yeah pretty good pretty good weekend um but yeah let's get back into it let's talk about the uh the high school tracksters and i know we're kind of wayne trace heavy but you know that's just what it is right now um i did want to mention jack woods from paulding um he finished sixth. i did get to talk to him a little bit saturday evening um, up at the regional. So young sophomore finished in sixth place, uh, in the shot put. That's pretty impressive. Um, so shout out to him, but want to give a shout out to, uh, all our Raiders here qualifying for state. And I got a list of them here, Brady, uh, Gracie Shepard in the high jump landed Fultz in the discus, um, Maddox Treese, uh, in the 400 meter dash, Sydney sin, 400 meter dash, uh, Kiara Bahina, uh, 800 meter, Sydney Sin, the 800 meter, 
the girls four by eight team, uh, Kareen Winans, Abby Moore, Abby Elkins, and Kiara Bahina. The girls four by four relay team, both Winans twins, Caroline and Kareen, uh, Kiara Bahina and Sydney Sin. And then the boys four by four. Uh, and that consists of Lane Moorhead, Hudson Myers, Maddox Treese, and Cole Moorhead. So a lot of Raider participants down there in Columbus this weekend at Jesse Owens Memorial Stadium uh, at the state track meet, Brady. It, it kicks off on Friday. Um, actually, the first event will be that girls 4x8. Uh, that, that'll be that'll kick off the weekend at 9.30 okay. on Friday. 9.30. Um, and then... Uh, it'll be prelims for, for all the events on Friday, um, and then all of the uh, field events, that, that's just prelims and finals. That they'll do those Friday in the afternoon. Um, so, so, you know, Gracie with the high jump uh, and, and then the discus and all that, that'll be Friday afternoon. And then the finals will run on Saturday between 9.30 and noon for, for Division Three. so... Uh, but but once again, congratulations to all those kids from Wayne Trace. I mean, Wayne Trace is going to be highly represented down there. And I'm going to go ahead and, and make the prediction that there's going to be some gold medals coming back to Haviland. Oh, baby. Saturday night. All right. That, that would sure be nice. Yeah. That would yeah. sure be nice. So, yeah, good luck to everybody there. Um, so, did want to throw that out there. Um, that's about all I got in the track front. Uh, but yep. best of luck to them, and and we're rooting for you, and maybe have some of those uh, participants on maybe next week. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, something to look forward to there. Okay, does it for the high school, I believe. So, the only other thing I really wanted to talk about, two things. Uh, the NFL, my man DeAndre Hopkins on the move. Don't know where yet, but the Cardinals released him last week. And I've got to tell you, Brady, I'm a little devastated. Are you? I am. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's still one of the great ones. I, I know he's entering his age 30 season, um, still a weapon, and, and you know he's going to go somewhere and be a factor. But, I mean, this is – I mean, th- th- this year this year's going to be tough, Brett. Let, let's face it. This year is about getting picks number one and two for, for the Cardinals. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> I thought about buying Sunday ticket because I always watch, you know, the Cardinals on there because they don't really have any local games. But I tell you what, might save my money this year yeah. and just, just bankroll it for next year. Yeah, that <laughs> I think that might be your best bet. <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna do. I think so. Yeah. Other news. That's all I got on that. D Hop, good luck to you. No matter where you go, I guess I'll I'll, I'll root for him. But sure. gotta stick with gotta stick with the Cardinals here. Um, other news: Brady over the weekend, your Celtics forced a game seven. And then couldn't close her out at home Monday night. And I know you're probably just devastated. Yeah, and then forgot how to play basketball in game seven. It was really neat. <laughs> um, no, so, so let me start on a positive. And, and, and I got to give a shout out. So uh, one of my best friends at college is named Patch Butler. His grandparents, he's from Cincinnati. His family lives in Cincinnati. 
his grandparents have a place on Clear Lake. And he told me last week, he said, dude, you got to come up this weekend, little lake time. And also his older brother, TJ, is a huge Boston Celtics fan. Okay. Uh, j- just like me. And so I had to work Saturday morning and then I watched, you know, the Raider game, what I saw of it. And then me and Kristen head up to Fremont, Indiana and go to Clear Lake. And I'm going to be honest, it's one of the most fun days I've ever had watching a sporting event. Um, that game six. First of all, I, I think it was good for Kristen to see um, see that. Uh, another crazy Celtics fan, so she knows that I, I'm not insane. <laughs> I, I, I'm not the only one. Um, but also, just what an incredible game six. Um, and it looked like the Celtics had choked it and lost it. And then um, Derek White, you know, with the tip in and, and all-time play and, and really – an all-time Saturday. I, that Saturday was such a great day, watching the Raiders win the district and then being there at the lake um, and, and the Celtics winning at the horn and then celebrating afterwards. That that was awesome, and, and that's something I'm always going to remember. So I want to give a shout-out to uh, my guy from Mason, Ohio, uh, TJ Butler. That, that, was, that was a great time. Um, but – Really, I, I know I know it really doesn't matter now um, because of how poorly they played Monday night. I I try to limit my excuses as much as I possibly can, but it's just really hard to look back on that game. You know, Jason Tatum in game six, so assertive, especially in the first half. Just w- one of the best halves he's ever played. He was going right at Jimmy Butler um, and really just cooking him. And first possession of game seven, the ball ends up in JT's hands. He goes baseline, draws a foul. It's like, here we go. And he comes down and rolls his ankle and just clearly wasn't the same player, especially in the second half. Um, You know, after he had time to sit at halftime, you could tell the ankle swelled up and and got stiff on him. And then the second half, he couldn't hardly move. Um, The Celtics shot it terribly as a team. It was their worst offensive game of the season um, that they saved for their last game. Uh, no excuses. That they, they, they didn't deserve to win the series. Maybe I'm delusional. I feel like if Tatum doesn't get hurt, I feel like it's another big-time Jason Tatum game. I mean, we know what he does in those back-against-the-wall situations. We saw it in this series, and it just felt like on that first possession, the way he went. I mean, I know it's only one play, but it's like, in my eyes, it was like, here we go. We're getting assertive JT. It's going to be one of those nights. And, and he rolls his ankle, and it completely changed and ruined the game for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. It was – as a as a sports fan, it was really unfortunate because it was just – it left that uh, – the what-if factor, you know. What, what if he was fully healthy and he didn't roll his ankle – um, I think that game, I, I, you know, and I'm not going to say Boston goes out and wins, but right. um, definitely would have made a difference in the game. Uh, so, I mean, it was great to see a game seven um, and a great series altogether. I mean, it was, it was a tale of, of all those different games. I mean, the Heat dominated one through three, um, felt like Boston took care of business four through six and, and then seven up in the air and 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 it was an all-around great series 
think it just goes to show, you know, that's why no team's ever done it down 3 0 and come back to win. Because yeah. the stars have to align just. I mean, you look, the Celtics played fantastic in games four and five to get it to three to two. And then they played a really good game six, and they still had to catch a break at the end to win at the buzzer. And, and then in game seven, they suffer an injury and get rolled on their home court. I mean, it's tough in, in the NBA to put that kind of pressure on yourself to play four really perfect, I, I don't want to say perfect games, but really, really good games in, in a row. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, and then I will say this, and, and I know it doesn't mean a whole lot, but at the end of the game, game seven, they give out a an Eastern Conference final MVP. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and, my God. I don't want to get you started on Jimmy Butler. And I know he was he was solid. He was not know. the MVP. But, I mean, Caleb Martin? I think Caleb Martin might have got the should have got the MVP. I am so disgusted with Caleb Martin. I I so <laughs> I mean here's the thing. Like in the NBA playoffs, you get that. Like you get role guys that step up and, and that's how teams ultimately win games. Like that's how you have to win in the NBA sure. conference finals, finals, like your stars gotta do their thing and then you gotta have a role guy step up. So and so had twenty. They don't do it for seven games in a row. Like, Caleb Martin is a – listen, the the story's phenomenal. You know, an undrafted guy. I mean, I, I think if you watch any part of the series, you, you understand that he have all these undrafted guys because they said it every other possession. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Caleb Martin's one of those guys. Great story. Caleb Martin is a jag. I mean, he, he's, he's a jag. He, he's just another guy. He is not that good. And he was by far the best best player in that series when Jimmy Butler had the ball in that series I, I I really wasn't that scared of Jimmy Butler every time Caleb Martin touched it I was terrified and and, and, and I said the same three I wish I wish my dad was still in here because he could he could confirm this for me <laughs> every time Caleb Martin touched the ball I said the same three words he never misses because it literally felt like the entire series he didn't miss any shots and so in game seven, he has 26 points. And you see that, and you're like, well, Jimmy had 28. No. Caleb Martin had 26 with, like, nine minutes to go in the third quarter and then didn't score the rest of the game. Like, he was unbelievable. He never missed an open shot the entire series. And, I mean, by far just the most consistent player. Um, yeah, I, I, he definitely should have been MVP in my eyes. I know nine guys voted on it, and it was five to four, Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy was good in games one and two, but, like, after that, I really did not think he had that great of a series at all. And I didn't think the Celtics did anything, like, really crazy to him defensively. Like, they kind of just guarded him the same way the, the whole series. They would occasionally run a double on a mismatch, but really they guarded him straight up. And he he wasn't the guy that beat the Celtics. It, it was Caleb Martin. I agree. I agree. So now I'm going to ask you. You promised us a Jimmy Butler rant. Can we get it tonight, or do we have to wait till the finals? To do so, so so here's the thing. Oh, I wish the Celtics would have won. It would just be epic. So everybody was all over 
and really has been all over, how great Jimmy Butler is. This magical playoff run by Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler's been good. He, he's he been really good. He, he He's the best player on his team. Well, best or second best behind Caleb Martin, who is now the second coming of Jordan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's the best or second best player on his team that, that won the East. Like, congratulations. It's awesome. But this notion that's out there, like, after games one and two, there was all this stuff going around like, well, Jason Tatum, he, he's no Jimmy Butler. And I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, he's no Jimmy Butler. He's way better. He's, he's way beyond Jimmy Butler. And I get it, – it's kind of like what we talked about with LeBron last week. Like, everybody apparently just wants a Jimmy Butler. They, they just want a guy that has that, that's – really good in the fourth quarter which butler is you can't take that away from him he he is really really good down the stretch typically i just don't get this notion that he's like this all-time player um i mean and, and saying i mean people are really roasting jason tatum and i thought i mean i might be delusional i i'm a jason tatum homer i i understand that I thought Tatum was really, really good in the Miami series. I, other than, you know, game three, I think he had nine points. And then game seven, he rolled his ankle, still had 14 and 11. I mean, Brett, what what are your thoughts on that? I thought Tatum was still really solid. Yeah, he was good. I mean, listen, I I thought they were – they the Celtics played – they didn't change a thing. They played how they played all year. Um the only thing I thought they did different was they found a way to attack that zone as the series went on. Yeah, uh, you could see that in Game Three, Game Four, Game Four is when it really shined. I thought, um, and I'll but I'll say this: I mean, if they knock down their threes, and you and I talked about this before we kind of went live here, but they're a team that shot a high percentage of threes all year, and it's not like they were just. You know, I see people they're just jacking threes. Um, and you mentioned that as well. All these, all these guys, Charles Barkley was one of them at halftime, says they're just chucking threes. To me, most of those were good looks. Yep. They, and they just didn't go in. They shot the three poorly, and it, and it got them beat. I mean, when you miss 23s or more, <laughs> you're putting yourself in a terrible situation. Yeah, and, and the Heat, like, I mean, I, I got to get over it, like, you have to give credit to the Heat because they made threes all series and like just the most timely shots. And and the, I I think that's what was so killer about Caleb Martin. Like the the Celtics were making a run there in the third quarter. Derek White had a really good stretch, and then it's like at one point Caleb Martin came down and he he scored like eight points in a row to to, to extend their lead. And really, like it felt like it was over. Then it was like, what just happened? Like. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy is not that good. But they shoot on the road in a closeout game seven, 14 for 28 from three. Like, if you'd have told me that before the game, I'd have said, yeah, the Celtics are in trouble. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not like the Heat were getting wide open looks. Like, several right. of them were contested. I mean, like, like one time in the first half, Kyle Lowry comes off a screen. Marcus Smart barely goes under it. And, and he just pulls up from, like, three or four feet behind the three-point line and drills it. Like, yeah. Well, what do you do with that? I mean, they they were just that they, they just made the most timely plays, which I mean that that's what you got to do in sports. So I, I I don't know. I I I can't be that mad because they did what you have to do to win. It's just frustrating because the sure. Celtics 
so much more talented. Sure. And, you know, um, I'll go back to game six. Um, let's face it, like, <laughs> Duncan Robinson's probably one of the best three-point shooters I've seen yep. in the postseason. Um, got benched, you know, during the season, but then comes back due to the Tyler Hero injury and other guys getting banged up and hurt. So he gets back in the starting role. Late in game six, he had two shots that probably win the game for Miami, and they probably close out at home. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. And even in that game six, this is what drove me crazy. Barkley and those guys, you know, oh, the Celtics are just jacking threes. Well, they were nine for 42 in game seven. They were seven for 35 in, in game six, mm-hmm. and they won that game. Right. And, and, and the Heat in game six, 14 for 30. I mean, after that game, I remember sitting at, at the bar and, and talking to my buddies and saying, listen, like, that that's going to come back. Like, I, I mean, law of averages, you know, you think that evens out at some point, but I mean, the heat, it, it just didn't, I mean, the, the heat did what they needed to do. That's sports. That's how it goes. I mean, uh, sure. Look at this, man. I'm just looking at the box where here, Caleb Martin, even in game six, 21 points, 15 rebounds. Like what, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Now let's look at, look, let's look ahead just a little bit to, uh, well, tomorrow night, game one of the finals. Um, what does my so what does Miami have to do to, to even compete with Denver, or can they can they continue this Cinderella run of just draining threes? That the, they're not going to win. So here, <laughs> let me wrap let me wrap up this thing with Jimmy Butler. Sure. Here's my, here's my beef with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy is now age thirty three, in year one, two, three, four, five, six. Like you're twelve ish, you're twelve or thirteen for him, and he's been to one, now two NBA finals, and has zero rings. And you you're don't, twelve. You don't get penalized for not getting there, though. Right, right. <laughs> and and well, I I mean he he apparently apparently he doesn't get penalized for even getting there and losing because he right. culture, everybody loves that for some reason. Um. Jason Tatum in year six has been to one finals, you know, as many Eastern Conference finals. And, and I mean, similar numbers. Like, that's the thing that drove me crazy. Like, in this postseason, even, Jason Tatum averaged 27 points, uh, 11 rebounds, five assists. Jimmy Butler, who's having this insane, you know, oh, Jimmy Butler, J- Jimmy Buckets, you don't want to mess with him. He's averaging 28 and a half, so one more point, seven rebounds, three less rebounds, and five assists, like basically the same number of assists. So I don't know how we can go around and say that Jimmy Butler is this just cold blood <laughs> killer closer and Jason Tatum is just a scrub. Like Jason Tatum, like also factor in that 27 per game, and Tatum had a nine point game in there in game three where they were awful and got blown out. Yeah. Um. I, I I know Tatum had a 50 point game in there also in Game Seven, but I, I feel like that's something he should get a little more props for. That that that's my only beef. I mean, I don't know why we're we're acting like Jimmy Butler is this guy. Like I saw this thread on Twitter this morning. It was like, is Jimmy Butler a basketball Hall of Famer? And everybody's like, oh yes. Like why is this even a question? Well, I mean, what's he really done? Like if we're if we're gonna elevate him to superstar status. He, we got to hold him to the same standard. Sure. Not to mention that in the regular season, he averages like 18 a game. 
first grade. Yeah. Like, it, it's not great. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. Just, those are great numbers, though. I didn't know that it was that close. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and, and also, everybody, that they were playing that clip after game seven. Jimmy Butler, after the Celtics beat him in Miami last year, Eastern Conference Finals, Jimmy Butler, we'll be back in this same situation next year, and, and, and we will win. Well, that's awesome. He, I mean, he also guaranteed that they would win game five after losing game four and guaranteed they would win game six after losing game five. So, yeah, if you guarantee you're going to win every game in the playoffs in the NBA, yeah, you'll get you'll get one every once in a while. So, oh, Jimmy Butler called his shot. He guaranteed a win. Yeah, he, he's, he's batting 333. So, <laughs> a little bit sick of it. That was excellent, man. I love it. And now, and now, segue into the NBA Finals. I cannot wait for the Nuggets to drill these guys. I'm taking Denver in five. I hope it's Denver in four. I don't think the Heat can hang with them. They're going to wake up at some point. I'm just, I'm just keep telling myself what happened last series. It's going to happen in the Finals. It, it's just bound to. These guys are going to wake up. Caleb Martin's going to average about seven points a game come back to earth and the nuggets are going to kill him. And I can't. And let me ask you this. Like to me, I felt like, um, you know, a big factor in that series, the the Eastern conference finals was Miami playing that zone. You can't zone this Denver team. Can you? Oh, no, you you shouldn't be able to zone any team in the NBA. I mean, that, (laughs) that was so ridiculous that the Celtics couldn't just kill that thing, especially with Rob. Like that should he should have had so many alley oop dunks, but uh, well, I, I you're getting me all fired up here, man. The, the issue is Tatum was the guy that had to initiate the offense against the zone because Jalen Brown can't dribble, and you need somebody in the middle that can create what you think. I just put Tatum in there, but nobody else is capable of initiating the offense, so that's a problem that needs addressed. What the Celtics are going to do with Jalen Brown, I I've gone back and forth on it. Part of me wants them to just run it back with this core group of guys and give them one more chance because, I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, they're, I don't know. I mean, they're getting the conference finals. They were in the finals last year and they're one game away this year. So it's not like they're not having success. Um, obviously in Boston, success is measured by titles, but I mean, they're, they're really close. Um, and I just feel like eventually it's going to happen. It really sucks because this year they had a golden opportunity. But uh, yeah, anyways, God, get, getting off getting off track here. Uh, Miami will not be able to zone Denver, I don't think. Um, and I just look at Joker, you know, who just who's coming off this series where he just torched Anthony Davis. Bam, out of bio. Yeah, he looked bad against Boston. The, the, the last few games there. And I just think it's going to be a long series for him. Well, that's the thing. You go man or zone, who's guarding that guy? Yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. I, it's not Bam Adebayo. And if it is, it's, it, he is not. People can dog on Anthony Davis, but he is not Anthony Davis. No. And, and also, you know, there were a lot of comments made in game seven. I know the Heat going with their small lineup, going with their small lineup. Well, they don't have a big lineup. Like, they have Bam, and then they have Cody Zeller. So, yeah. like, and, and, and the Nuggets are huge. I mean, not only do they have Joker, but they got 
you know, 6'9", 6'10", Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon in there. So I, I just think the Nuggets are going to overwhelm them with their size. I agree. I agree. I'm going to take uh, – I would agree with you. I'm going to take Denver in five. I'll say five. I Miami might get one, but um, I think it's over. Yeah. And, and, it, and the ratings are just going to be terrible, I think. What could have been, man. What could have been. Um, I think this is a great time to recognize all the people out there that say that um, pro sports and in particular the NBA uh, are fixed or are are rigged. Like the the only time those people ever come out is is when, you know, things seem to happen their way. And everybody was saying two weeks ago, oh, it's Lakers. And here we are, Heat Nuggets. And I, I don't hear anything from those people. So I just wanted to give all those people um, a quick shout out because this proves once again <laughs> that that's not the case. <laughs> oh man, sorry I got you going on that. No, it, it it's all good. I mean, that's the thing though. Like, as a sports fan, like you got to be realistic. Like, the Celtics they lost three games at home series. I'm sorry, like you, you don't deserve to win. Go home. I, that that's how it goes. Yep, yep. Game one tomorrow night, Thursday night, tips off, 8.30 ABC. I'll be tuned in for sure. He, uh, I, I worry about Denver getting off to a slow start a little bit just because they've been off for so long, but I, I do think that they will right the ship and, and that they will win game one. I I really wonder about the Heat, um, their endurance that, throughout this series. Agree, agree. All right, man, that's all I got for tonight. You got anything else? Nope, I, I, I don't think so. Um, okay. The, the only real shout-out I have is uh, I, I just want to shout-out uh, Mike Four, you know, for coming on, making his podcast debut, um, and, and my dad, of course. Uh, that, that was really fun, talking to those guys and hearing about their story. Yep, and my shout-out again is if you're still listening, just make sure you get to the end so we get credit for all the plays. So Keep going. Um, you're almost there. Um, and i did want to give one more shout out i did hit another graduation party this weekend kyle beanie slade his was on sunday so that was that was good food on sunday too so oh yeah um had a little taco bar little fajitas so solid man it was solid (laughs) um yeah that's all i got hey did want to mention i did text you guys the other day but we are now available on apple podcasts that's, awesome. that's big news. I can't staff, so I'm I'm happy about it. Me too. Me too. I I went through. I jumped through hoops Friday afternoon. Uh, had a little downtime. Started messing with it. Actually, took a Zoom call uh, Friday evening when I got home, and boom, we were in. I don't that's know awesome. why. I don't know why it took so long, but I believe we're also on um, Google as well. Mm-hmm. Google Podcasts. I don't have that, so I can't check. But um, and then, of course, on Spotify and Amazon Music. So definitely getting it out there, and you can listen more ways now. So and and I, I agree with you. Apple's my go-to. So it was a pain for me to have Spotify. So um, I, I do have Spotify, but I prefer Apple Podcasts. So that's, that's fantastic. So wanted to give that. Um, and then again, I didn't mention this last time, but. 
we're here talking about Wayne Trace tonight. Let's go back to it. The Wayne Trace Junior High Baseball Club 5th Annual MS Fight Golf Outing. Uh, Saturday, July 22nd and Sunday, July 23rd uh, at All, All Glaze Golf Course. Um, that uh, That is uh, $75 a golfer, 300 a team. Um, if you have anything going on, get a hold of John Adams. 419-235-4943 and support a great cause. Brady, that's all I got for tonight. Great catching up with you, man. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this was a fun one, and uh, I'm looking forward actually to going back and listening to it already. So, <laughs> Me too. Again, thank your dad, and uh, thanks to Mike Four. And, and if uh, you can't make the Wayne Trace game tomorrow at 2 o'clock over at Patrick Henry, uh, be sure to check them out, WKSD, Kenny Stabler, and Sean Gerber. So I will definitely be tuning in. Yes, sir. All right. That's all I got for tonight. We'll catch up with you over the weekend probably. See you, Brett. You have listened to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out.